You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. Our sponsor to start off the show today is BlueChew.com, our longest and best sponsor. Uh, best because whoever supports us the longest is the best, in my opinion. Blue Chew is the little blue pill that's chewable, so it hits your bloodstream quicker and allows you to do what you want to do quicker. It's the same active ingredients as all the big names in the field. You don't need to hear me say them. And by going over to bluechew.com, use that promo code MLB, you can try this product that they believe in so much they'll give it to you for free. You're going to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. Everything else is on them. They are so confident in their product, they think once you try it, you will come back. Remember, that's bluechew.com, promo code MLB. Try it for free. Okay. So before we dive into today's minor league team, which is the Lynchburg Hillcats, I thought I wanted to uh, send everyone over to Prospects Live. It's a great site for prospects. It's really an up-and-coming site. They do a lot of fantastic work, and it's all free. Um, we, You know, like anything, I'm not going to agree with all of their rankings, because if I did, then, I mean, prospects are so subjective, it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> if I agreed with all of their rankings, um, you could accuse me of plagiarism. But what's nice is currently they have up a top 100 Arizona League players from 2019. Now, I talked about Arizona League earlier in there, and there's a lot of names I didn't mention because I don't know the players as well uh, when they're down there. I don't know a lot of the international signings. I don't know a lot of the players that they have. We did uh, agree on the uh, Aaron Brachio potential that stood out for myself and them. But they're going to give you some names I didn't mention at all, some guys I just didn't know about, some guys who were hurt and barely played. Um... The thing reading about it that you can see is it's all ceiling, and that's kind of why, if you listen to that show, in general, I'm like, I'm not going to rank these guys in top 30 prospects. And people think that's insane, but I'll always go back to, you know, Kevin Metien was, like, the biggest prospect to come out of Latin America since, you know, he was the next Miguel Cabrera, and we all bought into the hype, and he's almost a non-prospect for the Angels at this point, really someone who generates no talk. And that's what it gets down to. Um, all these guys have tons of potential. They're all oozing out potential. But uh, most of them are never going to get to double A. That's just the truth of the matter. But this is a great chance. I'm saying go over there, read about these names, especially if there's some guys that I'm... There were guys I missed. They know this better than I do. Um, Arizona is not my specialty because of my general views on player development and the time invested versus time spent. Um, you know, there's limited time in the day. If they want to invest in that, that's great. Someone should. It gets a great source of information. For me, I just, as a single person, the payoff isn't as high. So Prospects Live, find them on Twitter, go to their webpage, whatever. It's a great read. So let's talk about Lynchburg. I don't know why I said it weird. But Lynchburg was a very up-and-down squad this year. Um, one of my the players I was most intrigued to see, Siknarf Loopstock, who you know was kind of had some sleeper potential, uh, was let go after all of three games down there this year. Uh, a lot of guys kind of moved up and down. A lot of filler. A lot of guys maybe the Indians were higher on than I myself was on, um, getting a lot of at bats. I mean, by weighted on base percentage, one of the most productive hitters this year, third best hitter was Mitch Reeves. Now, I mentioned Mitch Reeves now because he won't get any more talk on the show because he's 24 years of age and high A and didn't hit for any power. There's, you know, it's not a profile that excels. It was, uh, you know, some guys started out strong. Very few guys put together a strong start-to-finish season. A lot of average production. 
Um, this was one of the harder top tens to put together for that reason because there just were not a lot of players that stood out. When I got to that 10th spot, boy, did I have to start digging. And the player who is currently ninth on my list was a player I looked at and originally just said, no, he's not going to make it. There's no way he's going to make it. There's reasons that this guy can't be a top 10 prospect. And when I revisited, it's not that he is in 10th. He's in 9th. That's what you have in terms of players who... Um, spent their season there. Now, what kind of hurts with Lynchburg is some of the guys who were there but uh, spent more of their time in other stops. Uh, examples of that, Jared Robinson, Eli Morgan, and Robert Broom and Kyle Nelson. All four of those pitchers actually spent most of their season in A, so they couldn't be represented on this list. That's three of the top, uh, well, two of the top relievers in the system. Uh, an interesting starting pitching, possibly future relief prospect, uh, in addition to uh, you know another relief prospect that I was really high on uh, in Jared Robinson, the Indians did not seem to be as high on. And another guy that I was just looking at this and going, I forgot Adam Scott. Uh, I should know if Adam Scott's one of the more interesting left-handed pitchers in the upper minors. But uh, again, more starts in Akron than he had in in Lynchburg. A lot of guys spent like 40% of the season in Lynchburg and then went up to Akron. So that kind of limited the overall pool of players to talk about here. So while, you know, an Adam Scott, who I mentioned, pitched 57 innings in Lynchburg, he pitched across 12 games and 14 games in Akron, he had 75 innings. So he counts for Akron, not for Lynchburg. So it's those kind of situations that, uh, that made this Lynchburg list a little more difficult. The second half of the show, I'm just going to go into the top 10 and mention those specific players. I'm a little more organized, I guess, when it comes to this show. I decided it is a better process if I have these 10 guys out and I save them specifically to talk about in the second half of the show, and we'll go into in more detail. Just some interesting names. You know, Anthony Ghost, big arm, former outfielder, getting a chance to pitch. Uh, and he got up to double A this year. Um, Juan Hillman, that former high pick, he wasn't bad he wasn't good um he is interesting from the perspective of he's still just 22 years of age he's a lefty he doesn't walk anyone he doesn't give up the long ball he doesn't hurt himself um very athletic multiple pitches he strikes me as someone when you look at i mean he's he's rule five eligible i wonder if there's going to be a team that thinks they can get more out of him because if you think you can get a little bit more out of him he's an interesting player because he's an athletic lefty um, the four pitches, maybe you think if you put him in the pen, his stuff will play up, the velocity, maybe tell him to only throw two or three of those pitches. Um, there's still a potential major leaguer in there. He he is... I kind of debated him at 10 versus another player, and at the end of the day, the other player was, um, was a better story. So that was the tiebreaker between those two, just because Hillman, with a strikeout rate of a little over six, repeated a few levels in the lower minors. You know, he's still a whole level behind Tristan McKenzie who was taken in that same draft class as him and McKenzie didn't pitch at all this year um, McKenzie missed significant time last year Hillman hasn't had the injury bug he just hasn't moved through the system uh, Justin Garza was another relatively high pick the Indians drafted and then redrafted him uh, he was hurt when they drafted him uh, needed surgery missed some time there but you know uh, didn't really impress that much moved to the had some time as a reliever in there. Jonathan Teeny is one of those guys they sent out to the Arizona Fall League. It's been rough for him there. He was a late-round pick. He looked really good uh, until this year. Uh, Lynchburg High A kind of exposed him a bit, 
and he doesn't look quite as much of a potential future major leaguer as we saw. Cody Clemmer is another player I looked at. He's moved quickly through the system. He struggled with missing bats this year. That's kind of a story, you know. Someone who did miss bats is Nick Gallagher, who is out of Iowa. We haven't had a lot of guys from Iowa uh, make it to the big leagues. Uh, Gallagher was a 2017 six-rounder, but he's also walking people. Uh, It is interesting from the perspective that in college, he had really low walk rates, and his strikeout rates were mediocre, uh, high home run rates. Now the Indians got a hold of him, and his strikeout rate this year in Lynchburg was over 11, which is a career high, but his walk rate was also up over 6, so his walk rates are going through the roof, but uh, his strikeouts are as well, so you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting player just from that, because then I was just looking at purely who... Um, you know, who had the highest strikeout rates, I fell upon him, and it was like, oh, yeah, I like Nick Gallagher when he was at Iowa, but uh, the walk rate just doesn't set you up to believe there's going to be a whole lot for Gallagher in the future. There's always the chance for more. Um, I'm going to root for every single player because the minor leagues are kind of hellish at low pay. Yes, you're like, oh, it's the fun of playing baseball, uh, but they make less than minimum wage, and every single day is a anxiety, stress-filled adventure never knowing if especially if you're someone who was a day three pick like what do i have to do uh what do i have to show how do i make sure that i continue to progress and imbued as a possible future major leaguer it's, it's a lot of stress to take on at very low pay um for a lot of these players what is not stressful is our postseason sponsor vivid seats Vivid Seats are a place you can go and buy your tickets. They have a loyalty system, so they pay you back. The more you use them, the higher you go in their loyalty system. It is a great situation. It's something you should take advantage of now, though, in particular, because of the special deal we have in place with Vivid Seats. You're going to, you know, if you're going to go out and buy uh, tickets to something anyway, save yourself some money. Because if you go and you download the app, um either in the Apple Store or Google Play, you will automatically enroll in their loyalties in their loyalty program. So then you can see the benefits of that. And then on top of that, for everyone who goes up there and uses that promo code postseason. Now we want you to specifically use postseason because that shows them that uh, you're a supporter of our MLB product. You're going to save up to $100 at discount. So if you're going to buy your tickets anyways, go download the app. Do it once. Buy your tickets to your Vivid Seats. Save yourself some money because of that discount. That promo code is postseason. That shows them that you support the use of uh, the MLB Locked On Network. Our other great host is over at Postmates. They bring you what you want when you want it. You're going to download that app. You're going to use that promo code Locked On, and you're going to get $100, another one with $100. We could all use $100, right? This is two things right now that will save you 100 bucks each up to. So you're going to go download the app and you get $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So go crazy. Try it out. They think that if you use that full 100 bucks, you're going to see how invaluable their service is. That's how much they believe in their product. So no matter what you want, when you want it, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates brings it to you. If you're not feeling well, they'll bring you your ibuprofen. If you're starving and it's, you know let's say 1 a.m., they're going to bring you that Taco Bell so you don't have to leave your apartment and get it. You don't have to put on pants to get your Taco Bell, thanks to Postmates. And really, if there's anything I can say to sell a product, it's 
you don't have to put on your pants to get your burrito. Postmates, using that promo code locked on. And and we are still here. Uh, still trying to break myself of that bad habit. So let's talk about the players that I kind of went through and listed as... It's not necessarily the top 10 prospect was these. I, I say that, but in fairness, you know, especially as I mentioned at the start of the show with Arizona, I don't know the players well enough to do a top 10 prospects. It's not my area of expertise. I'm kind of looking at statistically what players intrigue me and why. You know, what about these players stand out? Sometimes it is the top prospect in the system. It's not always. And that's kind of the case with uh, Yapsum Gomez, who I put at 10th over Juan Hillman. Gomez is a right-handed reliever who the Indians drafted a year ago in the Rule 5 draft, the minor league Rule 5 draft. The Cubs let him go. Uh, well, they didn't let him go. He's minor league Rule 5 draft. It's very uh, A lot of players get taken. It's not rare to get taken, but we haven't seen a lot of guys end up coming through with their new system because it has to be someone who is really buried in their old system. He is a left-handed pitcher, so that's, let's start with that. He is undersized, 5'10", but... He's a lefty, and the Indians can always use more lefties. He got some time this year in AA, and just focusing on his his Lynchburg stats. Now, before this year, he had uh, pitched 10 games in high A before. Uh, he'd been, he hadn't even got to A ball until 2017, so he spent a lot of time kind of in the lower minors for the Cubs. But the Indians saw something, liked him. This year in Lynchburg... He got to appear in 44 games, so he was heavily used, mostly as their closer, I want to say. He at least had eight saves, but I believe he eventually was moved in that closer role. Over nine uh, strikeouts per uh, nine, uh, under two and a half walks, under half a home run per game, a little over seven hits. He didn't hurt himself, he missed some bats, and he's left-handed. I'm curious to see what happens this year. He'll get a chance um, to move up to double-A. He will be a minor league free agent at this point but uh for him i can't see him wanting to jump ship just because he's he had some success the indians did put him up into double a which is a new high for him the indians were able to to work with him and he looked better this year than he ever looked with the cubs um he was not very successful last year missing bats at all so the indians kind of worked their magic and he's an interesting left-handed reliever and you can never have enough left-handed relievers so you have some gomez at nine Kirk McCarthy, he was the player who I talked about originally was not going to make this list because even though he has been a successful left-handed pitcher, he also had a uh, hits per nine this year over 12. He dealt with some injuries. He started out the year really hot. He only pitched in 55 game, or only had 55 innings over 13 games. He is another guy out in the Arizona Fall League, but he has been able to miss bats and limit the walks. Uh, a strikeout rate of near 10, a walk rate a little over 2.5, home run rate under 0.5 a game. And, you know, again, he's another left-handed pitcher. He's been worked as a starter. He is five foot ten, so he's about the same size as as uh, Gomez. Uh, last year, he was ranked 30th on the, to start the year, I should say, on the pipeline uh, top 30 prospects. So he was a rated prospect, uh, a known guy, University of uh, Southern Miss pitcher, so, just an interesting arm. I'm sorry, he was not Pipeline. He was in Baseball America's top 30. But you can never, never have enough lefties. If he had pitched well this year, if he had been healthy this year, he would already be in AA. He'd be another one of those guys we're talking about, kind of in the vein of Scott or Morgan, who, who moved along, who'd been that uh, productive college pitcher. And you can never have enough uh, 
left-handed pitching. You, you just can't. Uh, you know, he was one of those Southern Miss guys. That's also where uh, Sandlin came from. They The Indians must like how they develop arms down there. And, uh, you know, they took uh, McCarthy in 2017, Sandlin in 2018. So just uh, pay attention to Southern Miss. The Indians apparently like the developmental cycle and how they go about with their pitchers. Number eight, Steve Kwan. Now this is a player who was extremely hot at the start of the year, faded significantly, and then came back to play pretty well at the end of the season. So on the whole, he had a good year. Uh, at points he was great, at points he was not good, but on when you tie it all together, he was solid. Uh, walked more than he struck out, and that's really kind of his best trade at this point, was he walked 53 times this year uh, while only striking out 51 times. Plays a decent center field. He's likely a best case fourth outfielder uh very undersized no power did hit 26 doubles though has some speed uh you know oregon state they develop professional players it's a one of the top programs in the country for a reason gavin collins another arizona fall league guy we talked about him a few podcasts ago catcher first baseman some power potential to unlock he has been a productive player slowly moving through the system. One of those guys that more than one scout over the years has liked and told me, yeah, he's one of those underrated guys who, you know, could be something. So keep your eye on Collins. Juan Carlos Mejia, he is already on the 40-man. Not the year I think most people hoped he would have had. Uh, Not the year anyone hoped he'd had, let's be honest. Just eight starts, uh, over 33 innings. He was able to miss bats, and his walk rate was... You know, that was under two and a half. His he didn't give up a home run. His hit rate, all the rate data was really good. Problem was he just didn't stay healthy. Uh, likely will be kept on the forty man because he did enough over that limited time to show why the Indians liked him in the first place. But yeah, it just thinks he's another guy who could have been been up in Double A, and we'll see where they start him next year and where things go. But uh, again, we can just see the pitching depth in system. Um, he has the mix of a potential mid-rotation starter if everything works out. Next up, actually, now, Mejia, I have these all out of order. Mejia, I had higher on my list. Mejia was fifth. Sixth was actually, or six, or, I'm sorry. So, Gomez nine, or Gomez ten, wow, McCarthy nine, Quan eight, Colin seven. Sixth should have been Aaron Pinto. I have some good news and bad news at this point. As you already noticed, we're past the 18-minute mark, and I have a lot of show to go. I recorded the rest of this and realized the show was going to be over 30 minutes in length. So what we're going to do is actually split this list up. Um, Maybe not what you wanted is this sudden break in here, especially after the blast bit was me struggling through a list. Um, which shouldn't be hard, but the problem is I just wrote down names, and then I wrote numbers next to them, and then I, I went through name order instead of number order. But the second half of the show has the guys you're probably most interested in. It'll be in Friday's episode. Make sure to tune in. You can hear my wildly um, hyperbolic comparison for Nolan Jones, which I'm still embarrassed about at this point, but I think stands for a few reasons. You'll hear the rest of the top five. We'll do that, and then I think on tomorrow's show, just to give you that uh, looking forward, we'll probably go and discuss some uh, some of the Indians players and the po- that are in the postseason, former Indians players, I should say, along with just where the postseason is at this point, which would then save uh, Akron and Columbus for next week. So thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe. Two-parter, our first one. <laughs>